Welcome to Take It or Leave It, an advice-ish podcast for parents. You can download this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music, or at podcasttakeitorleaveit.com. Be sure to subscribe and give us a review with your thoughts about the show. And while you're there, check out our merch. And check out our merch. We sell t-shirts and coffee cups and coats and other things that you need in your life. Okay. Thank you to TN Snoopy for saying so great. Her review reads, my husband heard the podcast through the baby monitor (laughs) and walked in. What are you listening to? This is hilarious. Now we listen together and when, when we're in the car. Love you guys. Even when you disagree about something, you do it with such respect for each other, which I find so refreshing. I love it. Gosh, that is a cute story. Guys usually don't like us. Not at all, which is why I found that so endearing. Yeah, that's really nice. Thanks, guys. Well, I'm your host, Meredith Masony. And I'm your host, Tiffany Jenkins. This podcast will discuss all things marriage, motherhood, and everything in between. Please remember, we're not professionals at anything you may actually need. So any advice we give you, you can take or leave because it might be crap. On today's episode of Take It or Leave It, we have guests Amy and Margaret from the podcast, What Fresh Hell? But before we get into that, we have Shanta from Utah opening things up for us. Be sure to call us at 315-834-2696 and leave us a message so you can open the show for us. Hi, my name's Shantae. I'm from Utah. I have two wonderfully wild children. Um, uh, let's open the show with the mom film moment. We're all here because we have all struggled as moms. As anyone who says they haven't is a huge Roman. What are you doing? Lie baggers. Yes. <laughs> so glad she said the S word because I felt really bad after I said it. I love that she was just like, ah, screw it. I'll just I love it. it. Oh, that is great. Okay. Shantae, hey. Speaking of Utah, well, I guess we can get into it later, but I'll just put it out there before we do go through the bio and everything, just so people can sit on it for a second. If you didn't watch the guy who was hiking in Utah on the trail and the mountain lion stalk and chase him for six and a half minutes while he recorded it and streamed it live, apparently you, you've, you need to do that like immediately, like don't leave the podcast, but like when you're done listening, you have to go watch this video of this guy getting stalked by a, was it a cougar? Cougar, whatever. I don't know. Are they different? Maybe they're different. Different. They're like cousins. I'm pretty sure. Okay. Well, anyway, I literally sweat the entire time I watched this. I feel like we should talk about that for at least five minutes in a minute, but we are here with Amy Wilson and Margaret, Margaret Abels, two moms with tons of experience in comedy. Amy wrote a best-selling parenting book, toured the country with a one-woman show called Motherload, and was a series regular on several sitcoms. What? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Margaret started out in stand-up, wrote for PBS Kids and MTV, and became a senior writer for Nickelodeon's Nick Mom. You guys remember that? I do. Uh, you can scroll down to read. Nope. Nope. Thanks, Dave. You could scroll down and read the rest of their bios, except that's not what this is. This isn't a computer program. This is a podcast where my husband is supposed to give me the actual shit that I'm supposed to say and not the other stuff. But uh, the podcast is fantastic. I've been on your podcast. Wait, yes, we just had you. It was fun. Yes. You're you're not Ron Burgundy. You don't just read what's on the teleprompter. Um, you stop. You know, I feel like... 
that's not true. And you should only give me the words you want me to say, or I will say whatever you put I on. I literally give paper. you the words I want you to say, and you never say them. Okay. You know what? Nobody asked. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think uh, the, the podcast is great. You guys touch on all topics. You have a, a, a wide uh, variety of uh, comedic yeah, chops. I have so many questions. Bridal. Yeah. Chop. We're ready. We're ready to answer <laughs> any questions at this juncture. Oh. No one's asked us anything. We've been alone in our homes. We're ready for questions. Truly, talking only to each other. Aww. Our children. Same. Oh, I'm the other one who said ew. (laughs) Uh, So are we opening with a mom fail and then? Yeah, then we'll just roll into it. Okay. Who has one? I know it's hard. You guys are really... Well, the one... amazing parents. The one that most recently comes to mind is when you have to join the Zoom meeting like are you as a parent do you have to do all these zoom meetings in the evening for your kids schools right like the pa zoom meeting and the Mm -hmm. financial aid for college zoom meeting and i put it in the calendar but i never put the zoom link for the meeting right so i go to join the meeting at 6 30 and i don't have the link and then i'm searching in the email and i'm going on the facebook Mm -hmm. page like hello anyone have the zoom link that's that's my fail i don't put the link in the calendar and so i'm always huge i have a huge sell for that mom fail amy what is Never it? join those meetings. No, just pretend don't you didn't get the email and no. just forget that ever happened. I did get the email, but I don't put the Zoom link in oh, the calendar. God, just I don't it. know that you guys really encompass what the mom fail moment is. <laughs> that's, that's clearly just <laughs> shit no, that, that Let me just say, our whole podcast is like, Amy is over-functional and I am under-functional. And this is an exact example of right. that, that Amy thinks a mom fail is that she did not put the link to the nighttime meeting. I mean, have either of you ever been to a nighttime meeting for your kid's school? I was in my car when I got the phone call from the school guidance counselor about the IEP meeting that I didn't call into. Right. And I pull into a parking spot and and they're like, well, can you just do it right now? And I was like, well, it's kind of inconvenient for me at this moment because I forgot about the meeting and now you've called me and cornered me. I answered. So I guess I'll do the meeting, but I'm supposed to be going in to get my hair cut. <laughs> and I don't want to do this meeting. And they're like, well, if you could just give us five minutes of your time. And so then I took the call because they already got me. But no, no, I feel like we're definitely on different levels there. Oh, my okay, mom right. was two days all ago right. at pickup. My kids go to school two days a week. Right. I had forgotten to fill out a dismissal, the correct dismissal form for my third grader. And so I told her, walk over and meet me at the library, but she didn't have a dismissal form. And so she wasn't allowed to leave. And so she was lost for like 45 minutes because <laughs> at some point I left because I realized she wasn't coming and then they allowed her to dismiss. So then she was Shit. at the library without me. And so Amy's mom fail is forgot to put the zoom link in the correct calendar. My mom fail is lost my child for 45 minutes. It's failing. That's so pretty failing. I mean, that counts as failing. Oh my god, I've lost kids. I have. I, I don't was know. Lost as a kid for three and a half. Hours. I was lost as a kid too. It's it is a uh, central right. It's it's it shapes you. Yeah. I would love to put a chip in my kids. I'll, so you it's know, really quiet. I don't know why that went wrong. Wait, so do they have phones? How old are your kids? They're four and five. No, they don't have phones. And nine. So here's my thought. Like, I I worry about everything way too much. Mm. Um, my biggest fear in life is something happening to my kids, them being taken from me, them getting lost and crying out for mommy and like not. So I feel like, you know, we just put a little chip 
little chip in their shoulder. It's temporary, like an IUD. And then mm-hmm. they just log on, you know what I mean? And see where they're at. If they mm-hmm. ever get lost. In the future, though, once they have phones, they do have that chip. Right. And that is that chip. You they're literally never can track phone. them on your computer wherever they go. I love that. Yeah. So yeah, I don't I know. Do. You probably, I, but I don't that, know but, that I would come out in support of chipping a four-year-old. But I'll I chip them hard. Yeah. Good news. I'll chip, chip them tonight. Years. I'm I, like a, like a pet. You chip a pet like because a dog, they're incapable yeah. of being like, yeah. Hey, I'm right here. Like young kids are incapable of that as well. And so and you have to wear something saying you have a chip. That's, that's the thing. Like my dog has to wear something saying I have a chip. Cause I, cause not only can I cannot oh, really? communicate, which is why I need a chip. I also can't communicate with you that I have a chip. Oh, that's it's like multi-layered. That's so, so my kids would be like, I want chips. You also like, want to put a collar on them. That's that has a tag that says they have a chip or this is escalating. So now these kids have a chip and a collar that yeah. says I have a chip. That's my bad. I yeah. was just spitballing. Right. Well, it got away from us a little bit, but I, I understand your panic about that, especially when they're little, because they really don't communicate well enough to, to, you know, to tell somebody like, what's your mom's full name? What's your mom's phone number? What, where do you live? Like it takes a while. They need to be older to retain all that information. So that is scary. You're at a theme park. Right. You know, but you know what you could also do instead of microchipping your child, (laughs) if you're going to go, like, there are some tips and tricks that I, we have picked up along the way. Like when we do family vacations or we're going to be in like a theme park or something, everybody wears the same color t-shirt. So when you look up in the crowd, it's and like bright colors, like we do, like we did orange one year and it's like, you're looking for orange shirts, right? Or, um, you know, these are obviously less invasive, um, or uh, you could, you can, um, write, uh, with like people probably wouldn't like this one, but you can take a Sharpie and write the phone number on the kids back, like your phone number on the back of the kid's hand or something, or like on their, on the t-shirt or whatever. I'm just saying things so that we're not genetically engineering. Chip them. Chip. Okay. All right. Well, that's fine. I'm just kidding guys. It was commit to the chip. Commit to the chip. Oh Lord. Now we got a slogan and everything for this thing. that Listen, don't guys does not officially endorse microchipping children yeah guys it was a joke don't email me i was kidding so let's but you know what though this this kind of went in a direction that i'm okay with why don't we why don't we quickly tell each a story of where we lost our kids am i because i can't be the only am i the only one who actually lost my kid no i lost my kid this week well right but like a lot of kids so we were in we were at the um zoo and i had eight kids with me because it was nieces and nephews and my own children. And so at each animal exhibit, I would count and we'd leave and we'd walk to the next exhibit. And that way I made sure that I had every, everybody. Well, um, Sophia somehow managed between the turtle sanctuary and the alligator sanctuary to deviate. So by the time we get to the alligators, I count and there's seven, not eight. And so for, I don't know, how long did we lose her? 20 minutes, 30 minutes in a zoo full of kids, just lost my kid. And what did she do? She did exactly what she was supposed to do. She stopped when she realized she didn't know where we were. 
she found an employee and she said, I can't find my mom. Uh, this is her name, blah, 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 blah. But, and then we eventually met back up with her. She stayed right where she realized she was lost. Why are we, why is everybody laughing at this? I'm, just, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not laughing at your story. There's Dave is putting up comments from people and I, oh. it's hard not to read them. Oh, Skybird. Right. Okay. So anyway, so that's how that, so that was one time I lost a kid. So somebody go next. I have a very, um, what is the word? Uh, teachable moment about losing one of my kids. We were ice skating in downtown Los Angeles. So Ooh. that down at, there was a square downtown that you could ice skate with my three-year-old, which first of all, don't go ice skating with a three-year-old. <laughs> right. moment. But then <laughs> we got my husband, myself, my three-year-old, and he was a runner, like a crazy runner. Anywhere you put him down, he would take off. And so I made the mistake. We both sat down and I took off the three-year-old skates thinking I have to help him. And then he took off and my husband and I were still wearing ice skates. So we were trying to chase him across downtown Los Angeles while we were wearing ice skates. And he was just making a run for it through the streets of LA. And it was like, you know, like a greased pig contest in the rodeo. Like we were screaming to people like, catch that blonde kid. And like half of the streets of Los Angeles were all chasing him. And he, I think he ran for like four blocks. And I think we had to pay extra because we ruined the skates because they were all caught up because we'd run like three blocks in them. On asphalt. Yeah. Take your skates off first, then take your kids skates off. That's the teachable moment. Wow. Also, don't bring kids ice skating. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I just revert back to that first one. Yeah, that's probably the better. That's probably the better rule, frankly. <laughs> Roll the tape back further in the day to that decision. That was the problem. That's hilarious. I left. No. Um, I lost my child at a playground in New York City, and uh, there were these hippos that kids would hang around inside, so you could climb inside the hippo. You're and talking had about hippo statues, I assume. hopefully. Yeah, actual warm. <laughs> That's where my mind went. I'm like, sounds yeah, like a sorry, like New York City is weird. Empty <laughs> sculptures of hippos, apropos of nothing, are in this playground. And uh, yeah, you can climb inside. But the thing about these hippos were you could always see their little feet sticking out of the bottom, like a Flintstones car. You know, like they, you could see them sitting in there, plotting world domination. Anyway, my kid was in there and um, had his feet pulled up for whatever reason. And, uh, I was, you know, knocking on the hippo, like, hello, are you in there? And, and not answering me. He was three years old. I mean, he, he just thought it was funny and interesting to be hiding. And I had, I had dropped into the, like, it's happened. Like my, my kid is gone. My kid has been snatched. And I was going up to a mother saying, can, do you have a cell phone? Cause this was long enough ago. Not everybody had a cell phone every second. And she was like, oh, I'm going to call 911. Like we were dialing. And then just the one mother was like, did you look inside? I'm like, I, I can, I, I've called him. I can't see his feet. And she like climbed inside this hippo, which was a job for an adult woman. And he was sitting in there, but I mean, like I, 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 a decade off my life easily. Yeah. Why was another person crawling in a hippo to look for your child? <laughs> Cause I was yeah. like running to get somebody's phone to call 911. Yeah. She was like, let's look one more time. I was wondering why you outsourced yeah. that one, but I like it. Yeah. yeah, I could see that though. I, yeah. Did you, have you lost your kid yet, Tiffany? Any of the kids? Nope. No. Cause she's and I'm not saying it proudly. Right? I'm not like you guys suck. It sucks the life out of me and the joy out of every single 
outing that we have because every single spare second is spent with me watching my children. There's not a minute where I'm not. And so while my husband's just casually like, no, 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 look at this bird. I'm like, (laughs) just watching always. Um, No matter what, they just, they never leave my line of sight. And if they do, I halt whatever activity is going on until I can get around the corner and pull Mm -hmm. that kid back. It's exhausting. I hate it. It sucks, but I just love my kids so much. I just want to protect them and keep them safe and um, up my vagina at all times, pretty much. (laughs) They were better off then. Yeah, exactly. They didn't talk back then either, you know, (laughs) do shit to really piss you off. Oh, Oh, the good old days. They were chipped. They were chipped. Like, yes, I do. This belongs to me. (laughs) Yeah. I tried to explain that. My brother is getting ready to have his first. And I I tried to explain to him, like, the feeling that immediately happens, like, after you have this baby and you look at this baby and then you realize, like, holy shit, like, we've done this now and every single thing has changed about our entire lives. And now I'm going to worry about this forever in perpetuity. And he just was kind of like, and I was like, no, no. No, you don't really. You're okay. So then I turned to his wife to try to explain that. And and then Dave was like, you realize this is not your job to explain this. They're going to figure it out on their own. Calm the F down. Yeah. But I was just like, I need you to understand like how like important this in there. And Dave's like, just shut up. Nobody (laughs) just stop. They're like, it's time. It's getting late. Maybe, you know, we should wrap this party up. Thanks for coming. The fun out of a party, don't you? Someone someone has some control issues. Yeah, it's me. No, I love it. I'm always so tempted to just tell parents what's coming. That's a hard one. Can you skip the line? Like, I, I, I always wonder about that. Every episode of our podcast that we do, like, you're trying to say, like, just don't, don't worry about that. Worry about this. But I, I feel like if you haven't gone through it yet, you don't like you want him to skip to chapter five of the book, but he hasn't started the book yet. And so he has to read the first. Right, right, or, right. Or live them or whatever. That's yeah. a good way to put it. How old are your kids, ever, uh, Amy and Margaret? So mine are mine are old. Mine are 17, 16 and almost 13. Wow. And mine are 11, 10 and 8. Interesting. We've got like all the... yeah, we we cover the waterfront, Maybe. right? We sure, <laughs> we sure do. Yeah. And Adam all ages and stages. And and things change and then they don't so much, I find. Do you guys live close to each other? We do. Uh Amy lives in, in Manhattan and I live in the suburbs. So we're we're about I don't know, we're probably as the crow flies, twenty five miles apart, but we're what? an hour apart. My yeah. kind of lady. Did you get that? Tip? Did you just say as the crow flies? Yes, because I'm an oldie locks. Like, do you not know the expression as the crow flies? I knew, she, I knew she hadn't. I knew she hadn't. And the second it came out of your mouth, I was like, well, Tiffany, as the crow flies, she's about 25 miles down the road. From it, me. Means, it means from point A to B with from no point a to B. 
It's like when you do Google Maps, it, it at first uh, tells you that it's, you know, that you're, it's only a 20 minute trip. And then it's like, oh, wait, you're not a bird. It's a, it's an I hour so try to be trip. cool. I listen to Chance the Rapper. I like try to wear cool clothes. And then I say, as the crow flies and the mask just falls. And it's like, <laughs> it is me, the crone in the corner. Look at Christina says she loves as the crow flies. She's but I, I can't believe that people are like, what is this weird, this weird saying we've never heard of? It's definitely an old not from the 20th thing. century. Like but anyway, if you were to release a crow, from my home i don't know why you would do this but let's say you were to do this oh, thing it would fly directly to amu's apartment in 25 miles tops tops but yeah. unlike a crow i have a car and so oh i God. must get on streets and highways to travel to amy's house she can't handle herself right now she doesn't know what to do with crying i'm right so now. happy to be introducing someone to my sad lonely world it was the part it was the part <laughs> He said, every now and then, the mask falls, and I'm like, it's me. <laughs> what Did you guys watch Game of Thrones? There was, like, the young woman, and then she would, like, yes. over, and she would be 4,000 years old. Yeah. Kind of or like in, in The Shining, when, when the beautiful lady sits up in the bathtub, and then she tricks him by being me. old, Call actually. Me. Sometimes, sometimes they'd have to circle the wagons before they took the trip. Yes. Oh my gosh. Gotta circle the wagons before the crow flies. But we have all this to say that Amy lives in the city. I live in the suburb. It can be sometimes hard to get to her home. And um, yeah, so we live close to each other, but we don't, we do all of our stuff, um, you know, like this virtually in our own worlds. And so we will, we would go, you know, we don't, we don't see each other in person tremendously often. as infrequently as possible it's since That's since like true. the pandemic started we had we, i love we hanging not sure when we saw each other last but it's before we just you know, calculated yesterday we were last in the same room in february right yeah. wow. how did you meet oh we were in we were in new orleans at a mardi gras well, parade we, we were in new orleans like right before the outbreak and so yeah. i thought we might we might we, be in trouble but anyway, right yeah. we met um many many years ago uh, we were both in comedy groups in college and Amy was in my sister's comedy group and I was in my comedy group. And so we would do comedy shows together, but we didn't really know each other. And then Amy went out and got on TV and I would see her on my TV and be like, that's Amy Wilson from college. Wow. And, uh, then she started a blog. And then a couple of years later, I started a blog and we would see each other at blogger things. And I'm like, you're Amy Wilson from college. <laughs> and then that kept going for decades. And then I was at Nick mom, a, a short lived um, experiment by Nickelodeon to do programming for moms. And uh, it didn't go great. Mm. And so when I was losing my job there, I, I was in charge of making videos and I had a video on my desk with Amy Wilson in it. She was the actress, like the studio had hired her to be in it. And um, I, I was watching it and I emailed her and I said, I'm looking at you right now. We should go get coffee. And we did. And I said, we should start a podcast together. Really? That's how it happened. That's it. That's and it. this and all took place in New York, kind of? Oh, this took place over the course of, I won't say how many years, but okay. um, many, more than 20. And okay. so, no, like we were out in LA, we were here, there and everywhere. So we've only, we've been doing the podcast three years. So this conversation happened in New York three years ago. I'm looking at Amy, your IMDb. She was in oh. Norm. Remember Norm McDonald's? Yeah, Norm McDonald. Yes. I was... 
I was on two shows on where Daddy-O. I was. Daddy-O. Uh, Do you remember that show with Michael Chiklis, the bald dude from the show? I love Michael. Michael. Michael yes, him. <laughs> she was his, what the, were you, his annoying neighbor? I was on both shows. I was the annoying <laughs> nemesis. Uh, I was like the Urkel to the main character. Isn't that funny? I, I mean, that's what not the, what you would cast. think I that I would be cast that. as, but I was cast as the, the fly in the ointment for the main character. You've been on a lot of things. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of it was before I had kids and then some since kids. Yeah. Yeah. Congrats. Oh, Didn't you just shoot something? Some super secret project we're not allowed to talk about? Yes, it was. It's an Apple TV uh, science fiction project. Now I have to kill all three of you. Yeah, I had to sign a non-disclosure. <laughs> well, you kill a lot more than all three of us. You have to kill like all the people listening. So I a lot of people. You. Sorry, like, everyone. It, it has a fake name. Like, yeah, I don't know anything about it, uh, but it's, but it's. Do you play the annoying wrapped. neighbor? I play an annoying uh, mom. <laughs> I love that. That's Typecasting. your casting. That I makes me so happy. I signed up for backstage uh, the app last month because I was like, "It's time, I'm going to be an actress." And um, it's we nobody messages back. It's weird. It's like <laughs> the app's broken. I don't know what's going on, but I haven't gotten any responses. Oh. And I've applied for every listing on the app, so they're like, "You're not a male." Eh. It's like the, a, the acting thing. There's like a, it's it's a it's a reservoir of feel bad. You know what I mean? You can dip into whenever you want, like a jar of cold cream. Like oh, more rejection there. Well, I also feel like both of us came from the world. I was a television writer, and so both of us came from the world of like Hollywood content creators and actresses and being in stuff. And what you guys do is one million times better. You make your own stuff, and people yeah. love it and respond to it. You don't need a gatekeeper telling you whether or not you're good. Yeah, everyone thinks you're good. Look at how many people love you. Like yeah. It, and love what you do. Like the last thing you need is to go on auditions. Yeah. Those people are dumb. They don't understand what makes you great. But <laughs> yeah. all the millions of people who watch you understand what makes you great. Stuff right. those people. Yeah, yeah burn yeah. it down. Burn Hollywood. Burn. Yeah. I feel good. <laughs> I'm canceling my subscription. I have good. a question for Amy and Margaret. What? I have a question for Amy and Margaret. Do you consider yourselves friends? Oh, Jesus. That is a good question. That is a legit question because I think a lot of people who listen to our podcast assume that we are best friends, that we're besties. Mm -hmm. And when we started the podcast, we really did not know each other well. Like mm. I didn't know her kids' names. I didn't, I wasn't even 100% sure how many kids she had. I didn't know that much about Amy. I knew that she was talented and funny and in this mom space and writing interesting things. So I respected her which is why I wanted to work with her, but I didn't know her personally. I would say almost at all. Do you think right. that's fair? Amy? Right. Like we had, you know, we had dinner with like a bunch of people from college and you'd be there and I'd be there. That that's sort of Yeah. I mean, we overlap, but we weren't friends. Like business. It was like a business. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. And it was it was a it was a an acquaintanceship that became a business. And now cue the lifetime music. <laughs> We've become friends. Yeah. <laughs> Our friendship this has grown. Now I consider you a close friend of mine. Especially huh. during this time when I, I don't know about you guys, like you're not you're not seeing your tribe as much as usual, right? So, Mark, even though we haven't been in the same room since February, we are deeply in touch with each other. We have seen each other through stuff, some on the show, some off the show. And so we're work wives, but we're more. You know what that. I think we are? We're partners. Like we're partners, we're partners in an enterprise, and there is a friendship element to that. But I wouldn't say like if something went wrong in either of our lives, we would not be each other's first call, right? I mean, we're not, 
besties. You're top three but, for me, but yeah, yeah. Top wow. three? <laughs> Amy, you're definitely top 20 for me. Definitely. <laughs> Maybe top 25. Listen, you're going to be on the list eventually. I'm totally joking. I love you, Amy, and I'm glad we're friends. A good cover. Yeah. Yeah. Good cover. Save. How about you guys? Huh. It's funny you ask because Meredith, believe it or not, asked you this question for a very backhanded reason. She didn't really I love want, it. She did not want to know your response. I okay. First of all, Dave told me to ask the question, Tiffany. Okay, Dave, I see you. And it's because the running joke is I asked Tiffany uh, when we started the podcast if she wanted to start a podcast with me because I thought we were friends. And that as friends, we should do this podcast together. And she was basically like, I'd let you bleed out in the street. Don't really know you that well. Maybe, you know, like we feel like friends. That's an exaggeration. I don't think so. <laughs> How did you find this out? How did this come Live on air. Live on air in the middle of a podcast one day <laughs> when I was like, well, we started this podcast as friends. And she's like, we're really not friends. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Okay. I just got honest with her. I don't remember what prompted it, but my face is red probably because I'm laughing or blushing or <laughs> out of shape. I I don't know what prompted it, but I confessed that I had only just begun considering Meredith a friend the weekend before. And we were in like season two of our podcast. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It was the truth though, yeah. because every single conversation revolved around work and content and creating. And it wasn't like a, Hey, how's your day going? What's going on with the drama from Billy, your neighbor? Tell me all about it. It wasn't like that. Yeah. And so yeah. she apparently thought we were ex a couple. Yeah. <laughs> that's always what about awkward. now though are you are you friends no, now? now i i love her i will fight in her honor i will uh, she is truly a genuine friend and i can count on one hand how many real true friends i have and she showed her love for me at legoland i was pissed off at my husband about something and she just dropped everything to like be there for me and be kind and she i don't know she showed her heart which she usually keeps locked up so I, felt. I feel like that's a great story. It's better to earn it, right? You got to get there from here. Yeah. No, agreed. And I think the problem too is, and you guys, I think could could feel my side of of this story. Um, when you own your own business and you have all these little enterprises going around, whether it's the podcast or writing a book or doing this or doing that, and you work for yourself, the business never stops. Right. And the respect that you can't just turn it off and be like, I'm not at work right now because your life is your work and what you're doing and creating is your work. And so every time I would chat with Tiffany about things, yeah, it would probably revolve around business because we're in the sort of same business and we would be doing these things and my brain doesn't shut off like that. And so what I, I assumed they were friendly friendship conversations that just happen to always revolve around business because that's like my life, like no. it never really stopped. That's what made me say partner with Amy. Like it's a partnership first. And then, but then as we spend time together, we become friends. Right, 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 right. And, and then, like and then, an you ABC know after school <laughs> and then, you know what your kids are doing and you know what things are, people are going through and then you get insights into everybody's marriage and you know what I mean? Like it, it then it definitely, and you start asking those questions because it's, you, you, you know, you've become very friendly with the person, but I, yeah, I'm also 
you know, I'm really weird. I have a question. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, changing the subject completely. I'm interested in hearing your opinion and I'm going to try to word this in a way that doesn't make me sound like catty or envious mm. or territorial. Mm. Do you all find on the internet nowadays, there is a bit of like, I can never figure out how to word this. I want to use the word like manufactured messiness or exaggerated uh, mom fail. I feel like. Sure. No, I mean, I don't even think that's controversial. Everybody. Well, I mean, we have actually had conversations where like, we're not talking about Chardonnay. We're not talking about drinking. We're not talking about. I mean, Amy and I basically do have, and this was, I didn't know this at all when we started the podcast. Like I said, I didn't know Amy that well. We have extremely different styles. Like Amy is pretty controlled, pretty by the book. Like I have a, you know, system for this and I am like completely whirling dervishy fly by the seat of my pants. But what happens all the time as we have conversations is that people, you realize that like, there are things that I'm extremely uptight about that I hold really, I feel like Meredith, we talked about this when you were on the podcast yeah. in reading your book, I was like, Oh, I thought this was going to be like, I'm a hot mom express. Like that's kind of the vibe <laughs> I thought I was going to get from the book. And in fact, it's quite a serious book about like the trials and tribulations of being an actual human being. And I think that I understand why those stereotypes kind of exist around mama, because I also think for a lot of people, there's a lot of comfort in seeing people who are kind of a mess because yeah. some, because the internal monologue in every mom's head, right. Is like, everyone's doing it better than me. No one else seems to hate their children during homeschool. Like I do. No one else seems to not be able to make, why isn't anyone else posting that they fed their kids McDonald's? They're all feeding their kids, you know, something they wrote in script on the chalkboard and it looks so beautiful. So <laughs> I understand the allure for people of like, it's so nice to see someone who's not the Pinterest chalkboard mom, but the pendulum has kind of swung a little bit to like, Oh, I drink Chardonnay and my kids are such, can I curse on the podcast? Yeah. 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 And my kids are such assholes and I hate them. And like my husband's such an, like that's also real to people. But what I like, what I loved about Meredith's book is how much it captured the thing of like, okay, my kids are a pain in the ass and my husband is goofy, but like, we're all in this together and we've had some really hard times and like, we're doing it as a group. And that's realer to me than like hot mess express. Yeah. Very tiresome. You know, we had um, the lazy genius on our show and she said something that that really stuck with me, which was that we should stop applauding chaos as the only vector of vulnerability by which she meant that like the way that moms reach out to other moms is by like, I don't even know where my kids shoes are, you know, but that that doesn't mean that the mom who has the beautiful chalkboard handwriting doesn't have some stuff going on in her life just because she's managing it well doesn't mean it isn't heavy and right. we need to stop thinking we have to perform this, you know, yes. disaster and mom thing. Exactly. Okay. I'm glad I'm not the only one feeling this because I, it's been like, I've been stewing about it and I've gotten frustrated. And I think because why I started making videos at first is because all I saw was the nice chalkboards. And right. I was like, holy crap, I don't see anybody that looks like me. And so, so now, you know, it's, Everybody has a blog. Everybody has this thing that they're doing. And part of me is like, what happens down the road if this is the new normal? It's now normal to be chaotic and messy. Like, at what point do we circle it back and get back to, okay, but our life is manageable and we can be happier and we can take care of ourselves. Like, I started 
doing my hair and wearing makeup and some of my people like turned on me and they're like, I followed you because you were real and you were a mess. And I'm like, well, my kids have grown and now I'm able to take showers (laughs) without them in a bassinet outside. And so I started feeling guilty for like trying to take care of myself. And then, then I got nervous. I'm like, dang, is it now bad to want to take care? I don't think it's a bottom line. And I really like what Amy had to say, like that, that little nugget that you took from the vector. Mm -hmm. Crazy genius. Yeah. Yes. Because this, because that's, I feel like if we are, if we are exactly who we are, no bullshit. We just literally say the things that we feel and believe as we experience motherhood, marriage, relationships with friends, non-friends, whatever, Tiffany. Um, (laughs) That's a bitter pill. If we actually are that person and we portray that person and we have the conversations with our people as that person, there's not, we don't have to circle back or do this or do that because you're going to continue to be true as the North star, Tiffany, and it will go and it will, and you're, you're going to be, you're, do you see what I'm saying? Like you're, you're relatable because of who you are, not, not because you do your makeup or don't do your makeup or whatever, like you and the words of advice you give and the things you talk about, that's the relatability component that people need or that they search for. And then, you know, if somebody gives you shit about it, like, okay, whatever, everybody's going to have shit to say about everything yeah so I just feel like I mean it's not like bugging me I've got way more stuff bugging me that I could complain (laughs) about but I just like Meg Ryan when she made that I'm every reference I'm making is from an 80 year old woman (laughs) you're like Meg Ryan when she made that soldier movie and people were like Meg Ryan can't make a soldier movie and anyway, yeah. I I might be the only person in all of these rooms who knows what I'm talking about. I know. But I know. Meg Ryan does. made a soldier movie and everyone got mad at her. And yeah. she's yeah. like, listen, I'm going to try it. Yeah. And it was fine. I don't, I'm I think just, the movie was bad, but that might ruin my metaphor, but a little yeah. bit. I think it's fine. I, yeah. I, but I get what you're laying down. I mean, it didn't go great that metaphor, but anyway, I, I feel <laughs> like it was, it was in the, maybe in the zone. Well, I find myself telling my husband all the time, like, listen, I'm not the only one who's messy, a messy trash bag. Okay. It's the new thing. So you can try to leave me for someone, but it's going to be the same thing. Cause the, and then I'm like, at what point do we have to kind of be like, okay, ladies, listen, we need to start <laughs> right. making an effort or, you know, we're going to wonder why our men are miserable and not attracted to us and want to leave us. Um, One thing I feel like I have actually learned from doing our podcast. I mean, this was a true revelation to me is that other people do not parent their children solely to annoy me. Like that was something I had to actually realize. (laughs) Hmm. Like I assume that the person making the chalkboard meal plan was doing that to bother me. Like to, to say like, you're not as good as me. Right. And it turns out that that person's chalkboard does not involve me or my parenting at all. Yeah. And I'm actually serious when I say like, I, I feel like, especially as a new mom, I looked at everyone and I was like, you are doing that to show that I'm the idiot to show that I'm bad at this. And I have as a practice really tried to let go of that story and be Mm. like, oh, this person is actually parenting the best way they know how. And like, they're a mom and we have an expression on the podcast, like the, throughout all world religions, there tends to be a, 
like a namaste, like a practice of like the light in me sees the light in you, right? The spirit in me sees the spirit in you. And moving away from like the mom in you is an insult to me and trying to be like, our connection is that the mom in me sees the mom in you, right? Like there's a connection between us that doesn't have to do with your chalkboard wall and how offensive I find it. I love that so much. In fact, the, the, the chalkboard thing, that's the vector of vulnerability, right? Like that person is also crying out to be seen and, and supported and is no more sure they're doing it right than you are. That's hard for me to understand, but I, I have come to believe that, but it's hard for me to understand. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I I can say, look, I've always said from the beginning, we all parent differently. We all do things the way that we feel most comfortable. And so I don't like it, it. Like put that chalkboard up, girl, it looks good. Like that chalkboard looks good. It's so fancy. And I've never been able to write my letters that nice, but it's so pretty to look at. Right. Like I enjoy that chalkboard or when they make caramel covered apples and take them into school and they don't look like a hot dumpy shit. Like I put them (laughs) in one time and it just literally they all fell in the car and they rolled around on the bottom of the floor. And I couldn't I couldn't take them in because there was grass and pebbles on them. And I was like, well, that didn't work out for me. I didn't try it again because clearly it's not my thing, but I gave it a go. And it just wasn't it wasn't my thing. I pulled into the store and I bought cookies and took them in and then was told to bring those back out to the car because they had nuts in them. And you know what? At that point, I just became the napkin mom. Nice. Someone's got to be the napkin mom and it's me and it's you. And I'm still on the journey to not react, overreact to who I deem the perfect mom because, and I also had that, you know, as a middle schooler, I was a kid who looked at the perfect girls and wanted to weigh what they did and act like they did and wear the right clothes. And I was none of those things. And I I think I'm still on that same journey, right? That like someone's better than me and I have to either murder them or (laughs) move away from them. And like, I've kind of tried as a mature adult to stop seeing the world in those terms. Yeah. I, I think that's the, that's what, that was part of what my book was about. Yeah. It really, your book really captured that for me. That's what that was because I, because I think it's so important. And I think it's something that is missed in the conversation of motherhood is that this entire thing is, is a, it's a, it's a marathon. It isn't a sprint and we have to take, we have to take it all in stride to figure out um, how to just be okay in the spot and the phase and the place that we are. Cause it's just a whole string of phases, right? Like yeah. we literally have in this, in this little session right now, we've got toddlers, uh, elementary schoolers, middle schoolers, high schoolers, soon to be college students yeah. yes. in this thing. And we're all saying that we've literally felt the exact same way in those, in those moments. And we're, we're across the spectrum right now. Yeah. So if that doesn't tell you that every mother is having the same feelings yeah. and how she portrays them or how she deals with them, yes, might, might be differently, but we're all feeling the same feels as we go across this journey. Whether you write calligraphy on a chalkboard or you, you know, uh, are the napkin mom, I don't think matters. Supporting the journey is what matters so that these moms can feel less crazy about it because I think the isolation is what makes us crazy because we think other moms aren't thinking this, but they are. Yeah. It's clicky. You know, if we could all just be like, Hey, you're doing great. 
it looks different than me, but keep up the good work. Like the world would be so cool. Yeah. But that's what I think we are trying to offer, right? Your podcast, our podcast, whether it's we write a book or, you know, do whatever. I think that's what we're trying to offer out into the universe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The mother in me sees the mother in you. I love that. I love, I absolutely love that. I feel better. <laughs> <laughs> this helped, guys. Thanks. <laughs> I don't know. Now, where do we go from here? Well, I'm awkwardly pausing because I, um, I, I usually you wrap it. And so I was like waiting for it. But if we still have time, I have questions. Uh, we, I don't know about the ladies. Do you ladies? Well, I have time. Want, I have time. I, when I stop, I have to go back to my children. I could be here all day. <laughs> um, an excuse. So are, do you two do stand up? Like I know not now, but like prior to the pandemic, were you actively doing stand up comedy? So I haven't done stand up in probably 20 years. I started in stand up and like improv kind of stuff, like stage comedy. And um, I, um, so, I, and then I became a writer. So I was a television writer for a couple of years, a couple of decades, maybe. And since starting the podcast, we now do a live show version of the podcast that is a 90 minute full comedy show. So it's, it's just right for me. I, I was never, I have to say, I never had the stand up gene, you know, I was scared really? of it. I, I don't like people being mean to me. I don't have a thick enough skin to do true <laughs> yeah. stand up. Like when th- someone throws a, throws a beer bottle at me, I have to cry for like a month. It was oh my not gosh. a good. I couldn't handle the rejection of true stand up. But now we have found this like Nirvana warm pool of we get 400 moms together and do 90 minutes of like, it's comedy. It's basically stand up. We're telling stories and jokes and people are laughing, but no one throws beer bottles at me. And it's so much. Better. Wow. Is it so live? It's nice. Like it's, in person? It's live in person. Yeah. They're theater shows. You know, we do them in theaters. Obviously, we haven't done them since COVID and who knows yeah. when we'll ever be back. But um, it's it's like. It's one of the few things that has happened to me as an adult. I loved doing comedy. I hated being in Hollywood. I hated being a writer. I hated people used to, people say to me sometimes like, did you ever meet like a Harvey Weinstein type? I'm like, yeah, everybody. That's who I met. Like, and not, not, not that severe, but like the vibe. That's what I was saying. Like, don't stay away from billboard. Like going into rooms where there are often males who in a normal room you would not have a ton of respect for who you have to like kind of smile and try to make laugh and laugh at their stupid jokes 10 times harder and like I I hated the life and now and then I walked away from it and there was a part of me that was really sad because I was like comedy is really what I love but I I hate doing it and as a almost 50 year old woman I have found this path that led me back to like this thing that I've always loved and it's truly a dream come true. It's great on your I own terms. So on my own terms, I don't have to ask anybody if I should make it. We make stuff, people respond to it or they don't, but it's just like the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. It's so fun. Love it. How about you, Amy? Stand I up. Never acting. did stand up. I did, I did a solo show. So I could be on stage by myself. I did this show called mother load that I took all around the country um, 
I did it in New York while I was pregnant with my youngest, who's almost a teenager now. And then I took it all around the country to 16 cities. I loved it. The same experience as these live shows of you, you have people, you know, these women who got a babysitter, they maybe had a cocktail on the way in, like they are loaded for good times. Right. And, and, and just sort of surfing that wave of women just cackling, howling, like giving them that experience or of turning and pointing at each other like, that's you, that's you, you so do that. So I, yeah, I did that. I missed it. I never did stand up though, because stand up, like it's the, different. the solo show was more like storytelling. You know, I took people on a journey, but stand up, there's something about like, I have really thought about it. And these are the funniest things I can say, <laughs> right? Like the funniest words in the funniest order. Yeah. And if you don't like this and I got nothing. It, it just feels, it feels a little scary to me. Yes. It's really scary. Let me tell you, go with that instinct. <laughs> well, people tell me that all the time you should do stand up, And I'm like, yeah. mm, I don't, it's very mm-hmm. weird. You just get right into it out of nowhere. And you're like, so I was mowing my lawn and, and it's like, what? I could see you doing stand up. You'd be good at it, but it's, it's just a question of, I hate rejection. I could never, I don't, oh, it's really hard. I keep thinking I may try to go back to it because now we do a lot of material that's like stand up that I could adapt. Right. But like, I'm also like, chuckles wants you to go on at 10 30 i'm like i've been in my jammer since nine i can't go to chuckles at 10 30 like there's no way <laughs> on a right tuesday. like on a tuesday night of all no. things too, right like no i know that's and and i will say it really helps to have an audience who likes what you do already just gonna moms. say it's like if i go to chuckles on a tuesday night it's like 40 college kids yeah i always had this experience in stand-up i i once got booed off the stage at what was the big comedy club in chicago amy you don't remember do you no Oh, it was like the Laugh Factory, something big, big. Uncle Ribbity's Laugh Factory, something stupid, right? I had like this very like, so where are you from? Here's the thing. Like I I was slow, you know, I was like a storyteller stand up. And the guy in front of me went on and he was doing an imitation of different kinds of dogs on different kinds of drugs, like on his knees, like this is a chihuahua on crack. He was hilarious. He was killing. The place was screaming. And I just was like, I'm dead. It was like like tying myself to train tracks because I knew I was going to go about to go out and be like, so have you ever noticed that straws and like by the time I got those <laughs> words out of my mouth, people were like throwing stuff at my face. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not easy. It's not for the faint of heart. Very cool. I'm so glad you guys found something that you dig and that makes your heart happy while you can still scratch that itch of doing what you're you feel your purpose is. That's I love a good that. Way to say it. Exactly. And the stuff that we as moms, you know, find funny and relate to is not what the guy in a suit thinks is funny. Right. hundred percent. Well, man, we've had that experience already, right? Like people, you know, meeting with people about the podcast and other opportunities. And you just see that like 30 year old dude in the pinstripe suit and the ironic t-shirt. And I'm like, yeah, we're, we might as well just leave this meeting now. It's not going to go well. I have to tell you, I think the my, my videos that have gone crazy viral I've shown to Dave and he's like this isn't funny it's not funny and the thing is is he's not the he's not our audience that's the trick so when he and he was like it's not funny I'm like I don't think you like watch it again because it's it's really funny and he's like nope it's just stupid and I'm like I'm gonna put it out there anyway just to see <laughs> Cause I think you're wrong. And then, you know, boom, but it's like, cause you have to know your audience. I think you guys have hit the nail on the head with that, which is why, cause I have, I've, I've done stand up, and it is very hard. And I have been, I have, I have bombed. 
I've done extremely well and I have bombed. I've had both experiences. But what I can tell you is when people come, when the people who love you come to see you, there's nothing more enjoyable than getting to spend that hour with them, getting them to laugh because that feeling is like euphoric. So I think finding the sweet spot of having those shows, because like I've been telling Tiffany, we got to do the podcast live, man. We got to do a podcast tour, a live podcast tour. That's what we got to do. Like we got to do this. We got to get out. We got to get out there. We got to see our people. And then the pandemic, but you know, clearly, which was meant for us, yeah, our podcast store. But that's the goal, you know. It was like to do something like that because I think that's that's just like you know that's that's it. So so it's so fun, and it's also humbling to be to connect with the people who like. There's a lot of podcasts you could listen to. There's a lot of content out there and the people yeah. who are choosing to put you in their ears, right? Week mm-hmm. after week. It's it's humbling to meet them. It's it's wonderful. And yeah. I will say, God bless the internet, because having been in Hollywood for a long time, no people aren't making content for our audiences. And like someone should be making good content for our audiences. And that's what you guys are doing. And I mean, it's really good to have that. People want this content, they enjoy this content. And 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 the internet is a ultimate meritocracy, right? Like you yeah. you don't have a booking agent, you don't have a. It means that you you don't have somebody representing you. There's nobody saying you're nobody's saying I'm going to put ten thousand dollars of advertising behind Tiffany's video. It's a meritocracy because your video is the funniest and the most people watch it. Like that's actually how it works on the internet. Whereas on TV, it's like well, we gave you the best slot and we put you next to friends. And we, again, I had, don't have a reference that happened in the last 10 years, guys. Sorry. We put yeah. you next to, you know, little house. Um, <laughs> right after Magnum PI. There's a lot of, there's a lot of people <laughs> manipulating how entertainment goes. And, and a lot of those people are like, nothing's less interesting than like a mom, you know, which, we are them. which they're we so are. wrong, right? Yeah, like they're they're so wrong with that, but it's, but it, but you're, but you're right. You know, you're abs, you're absolutely right. And, um, for a while I was chasing that, that TV thing. Right. And I actually flew out to LA and pitched TV to seven massive networks. And I was in those rooms and I was having those conversations and I, I, I left there realizing that I'm already making my own little TV. Yeah. What do I need to go there to have somebody tell me that the ideas that I have, you know, oh, this should, we should tweak this or do this or it should be more like this or whatever when it's like, I know what, what works. We've been doing it for six years. But you feel like you have to chase that because it's like the, it's like the star on the top of the Christmas tree. Yep. But in reality... all they wanted to do at the start with at the start at the top of the Christmas tree was change what I was doing. Yes. When it's worked for, when it's worked, it's been working and yes, you always have to create and invent and find new things. Don't get me wrong. I understand that you live or die by that, but it doesn't have to be on Netflix. One of our touchstones that we return to all the time on our podcast is what if you're already doing that thing? Because so many people, it's very easy to get in the headspace of like, I want to be successful. I want to reach moms with my comedy. I That means I will go to LA and get a podcast or I want to be a good mom. I want my kids to have a good childhood. Therefore, I will set up 8 million systems. But like, I think a great first question is already, what if I'm already doing that thing? What if I'm already a great mom? Because we eat 
chips in front of the TV together and crack up together and put on matching pajamas once a year because that's the thing we do. Like there is no goal that is outside of what you're already doing most of the time. And if you want to challenge yourself to do new things, great. As long as the story is not, when I do this thing, I will be successful. Yeah. Like you're really successful at what you're doing. And so um, I think that that's always a good reminder. And man, we've done that a million times. Like, oh, success is out there. Yeah. I've also been in those rooms, Meredith, and it's like, it's exciting. And then they immediately start to like, it would be good if you were different, right? If your story was different and you know that, <laughs> and you know that they're wrong. They were trying to, I, I wrote us a, a pilot where they wanted my character, who was me, to become a Krav Maga instructor because wow. like some guy in the room thought that would be funny. And I'm like, okay. And I'm rewriting the script and it, it was, of course, made it worse. And of course it didn't work. And of course the show didn't happen. And we all call, we always call this phenomenon. I loved it. I love it. But what if the lead character was a dog? And you're like, <laughs> it's my life story. And you I never told you- this. I never told Wait, this. Floating away. But I'll, but I'll, but I will, I will tell you guys something that I have not, I've not said this to anybody. And Tiffany has never heard this before. Oh, I love it. And you wonder why we're not real friends. Okay, go ahead. I didn't, I didn't tell you this because it, it bothered me. And listening to what Margaret just said, it shouldn't have bothered me at all. I actually should have taken it as a compliment. And I'm just being, we're honest with each other. That's how honest Tiffany and I are with each other. I was in one of the meetings with a network. I'm not going to, everybody knows the network, but I'm not going to say the network. And the woman across the table looked at me and said, you know, I like all of this, but I think I would like it better if, if, you you were more like that Tiffany Jenkins. Do you know her? And I went, I do know her. Um, we have a podcast together and we're like, we're friends. And she's like, yeah, I feel like what you're talking about would be better if she were to play it or if she were to do it. And I was crushed because I was like, oh my God, like I literally wrote all of this to pitch this and it they don't want me. They want literally one of my best friends. I'm so sorry. That's so and I awkward. In the chair, like, and they were like, do you think you could maybe like, I don't know, like, what would we do? And then after the fact, I found out that, that they had actually contacted you or your people had contacted their people to talk about this exact thing. Do you remember when that happened, Tiffany? Mm-hmm. And I never met and it never made mention of it again and never talked about it. But for months I was like, I knew it. I just, if I could just be as funny as Tiffany, things would be better and I would have gotten more things and whatever. And it just took, and it took like, I'm talking months. Why didn't you talk to me about it? Because I I finally realized that it does like, you're not, there are going to be times in life when things come up to us and somebody is going to like somebody else better than they like you or how you do things or whatever. But what makes me different other people like what makes you different other people like and that's okay like none of that really matters in the in the broad scheme of things and what margaret is saying and and amy are saying is dead on like we're already doing things each person in this in this little chat are already doing things that make us successful and bring people to the table to entertain them so being like i shouldn't be more like you you're already there right like the fa- like i so i should have said well that's funny because, you know, like 
I'm not Tiffany. And if you want Tiffany, then you need to go talk to Tiffany. But like what I'm bringing to the table is this. Instead, I said nothing because I had, Uh, I didn't know what to do. I froze, right? Let's call her right now. We dial her in. We all want to yell at her. That wouldn't be weird at all. No, it wouldn't be weird. Well, that's a teachable moment too. Next time you burn the mother effort down. Yeah. Right. right. It was a very nice office. I wouldn't want to do that. But, you know, but I mean, it's true, right? And those things, no matter what it is in our lives, I'm I'm not saying that it has to be a TV meeting. I'm saying it's a job interview or a, 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 a conversation with a friend or a family member or whatever. Like, do the perspective thing and like really think about what it actually means and how you want to deal with it because it's you're right margaret like we've we have been so blessed to be insanely successful as a result of um i should have shit in their office Crystal. i should have shit in their office. what would have sent a message <laughs> there's no way you could have been the first person to ever do that because we've all thought about it yeah someone must have done it yeah but i think you know you got to do that 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 check because you're right you're absolutely right. The internet has given us the ability to do these really, really cool things. Yeah. And without it, there's no way we would have gotten into any any TV writing rooms or anything at this point. Now, none of it panned out. Okay, cool. But um, yeah. you're right. Like, look at what we've done with the just the internet. And that's like Amy was saying about skipping chapters. You know, you it's hard to skip chapters. That's the one thing I feel like we harp on a little bit on our podcast of like, you're doing fine. You're enough. Nobody's better than you. No one's doing things just to annoy you. The person who thinks you need to be Tiffany is dead wrong. And, and there's 10 other people who think you should be Meredith. Like, and that applies, like you said, Hollywood meetings, Hollywood meetings, like whatever it applies to the mom next to you and the PTA who looks really nice and has fancy sunglasses and drives a nice car. Like she's not better than you either. Nobody it's you are you. And the quicker you accept that, you know, you weigh what you weigh, you look like your hair is busted in the way it's busted. Like there's things you can fix and get better at, but basically like you are what you are and it's awesome. And my relationship with Tiffany is the, is the last thing that I'm going to destroy to get, to get five seconds of anything on television. Bingo. Because Tiffany. Which unfortunately hurts your chances of being successful in Hollywood. (laughs) Well, and the thing is, is like, I always say, why, why would we not just do things together then? Because like the podcast, we're totally different. Yeah. We are, our, our approach to things are different. The way we think about things are different. The fact that Tiffany thinks pigeons are robots for the government. Wow. Don't say that in front of our new friends. (laughs) I'm just saying we have, you guys have to go back and listen to the episode we did on conspiracy theories because it's one of my favorite. Only my favorite topic on earth. So I will be listening to that today. We have to do another one, but like Tiffany brings some conspiracy theories. Got me thinking. And I did hop on the bandwagon with a couple of them. OMG. I can't wait. It's my next to cults. That's my favorite topic on earth. (laughs) There you go. So I mean, you can't, you can't. There, you are gifted. I feel like you're gifted in your lifetime, some friendships that there's nothing that anybody could do to sell you to destroy it. Do you see what I'm saying? Like, do yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like you just, there are some that you just, there's no way. What? Nope. Not, I'm not selling out for that. My husband, I don't know. Tiffany, Listen, absolutely not. We don't have to decide that right now. 
podcast is forever. We're going to put a pin in that. <laughs> well, this was, this was a lot of fun. So great. And where, where can everybody meet you, Tiffany, in, in real life? In yes. Nice to meet you guys too. Where can everybody find you? That's you, Amy. Oh, we, you can find What Fresh Hell Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. That's our podcast. You can just search What Fresh Hell on any podcast platform. And um, we're at whatfreshhellpodcast.com. And our sort of favorite sandbox is Facebook. If you go to facebook.com forward slash whatfreshhellcast, we have a large page and a really fun group when the water's warm. Everybody's really friendly, right, Margaret? They help each other so out. It's like good mom advice and no one is mean. Mm-hmm. Most of the time. Okay. <laughs> we kick them out. Yeah. Lot, I could tell by some of the comments that people were really digging you guys in your vibe. So that you'll awesome. probably get some people heading over there. Fantastic. We'd love to have you. Awesome. Well, it was great meeting you. Thank you so much. So nice. Thanks so much. Thanks for having us. As yeah. al- as always, guys, it was a pleasure. We um, we do appreciate you taking the time to, 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 to tear yourself away from your children because I know that every moment with them is so blessed that this was probably painful for you, but I do appreciate it. So join us next week for another episode of Take It or Leave It, an advice-ish podcast hosted by two struggling moms who have no idea what we're doing. See you guys next week. We love you. Bye. Bye.